this um this comet can't comet what's it called bill neowise and what did you tell me it was called last night uh neosporin <laughs> i'm probably gonna want to call it neosporin forever yeah it won't <laughs> help you with an infection but <laughs> but it was infectious yeah <laughs> taking this picture was definitely infectious Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. Today we are going to talk about an exciting event that just happened and we couldn't wait to talk about this. It happened last night. An event. Um, well, it's kind of an ongoing event, but uh, Bill and I um, did something last night that was kind of fun and exciting for us. And rather than bring you episode 14 today, which is what we had planned, we decided we would slide an extra, um, an extra exciting episode in before you get to episode 14. Bonus. Bonus episode. So before we get started, we want to acknowledge and thank Anchor Podcast Platform. Anchor is a free podcasting platform. You can find it online. And anybody can use it to make their own podcast. Even we can us. do it. You can do it. It's pretty easy. So um, last night, Bill and I went out on a date. And it was a typical um, Winnie and Bill date night, which meant we spent no money, right? None. Well, a little gas money, but maybe a little count. gas money. Um, we loaded up the car with a couple of couple of miniature Coca-Colas. <laughs> the eight ounces, of course. <laughs> and we went out in search of um, a new comet that has appeared in the skies. Um, I don't know when the last time we saw a comet, I believe was, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. It's been a while. So it's pretty exciting when something new like that appears in the sky and we had been seeing uh, pictures online of people um, taking some photographs in the night sky and photographing this new comet. So we decided we would uh, dust off our night photography skills and get out there and give it a shot ourselves. This, this comet is called Neowise Comet. Comet Neowise or Neowise Comet. Um, actually, the night before last, I had gone outdoors myself. Bill had to go to sleep because um, he works so early in the morning. So um, I went down to the shore of Lake Charlevoix where we live at Park of the Pines and sat up on the beach by myself alone in the dark and um, started to take some long exposure night photos trying to find this comet. So, Bill. Um, why don't you have a look at the picture that I have okay. in our very, in the first of our series here, the way we like to do our podcast is that we will post nine photos to our Instagram account, which is quiet shutter photo. And we'll go through the photos one at a time and talk about what, um, the picture is, what went into making that picture, what's the backstory behind that picture. And so when you get a chance, you can go to our Instagram account. And have a look at the photos yourself. 
I will also try to post them on our Facebook account, which is Winnie underscore Bill. Just in case you haven't made that switch to Instagram, come on. It's not that hard. Let's go to Instagram. <laughs> so the very first picture is one that I had taken the night before last when I was down on the beach by myself. And in the picture, you can see that there's still a little glow from the sunset. Um, the lake looks really fat, flat, not fat. Flat. <laughs> and that's, it wasn't necessarily that flat. It's just when you take a long exposure picture, um, with a good camera, it smooths out because of the motion in the water. It smooths it out and makes it look like it's flat. Um, and you can see a silhouette of some trees on the point of the shoreline here. Um, and you can see stars pretty clearly, but you cannot see a comet because I didn't see the comet. The comet probably was around the corner to the right-hand side after, as we discovered last night. Um, this is a lovely picture, though, by the way. It's very serene, but it's not what I wanted. Um, and I was down at the beach by myself, and there is, I, there are lights off in the distance there, but there's no lights on our shoreline. And so it's pretty dark. And I have to say, it's a makes me a little bit nervous when I'm down there all by myself. Um, I could picture maybe somebody's stray dog coming up and scaring the living daylights out of me. Um, when I'm there by myself and doing night photography is a little bit complicated. Once you know what you're doing, it's not that hard, but you have to put your camera on a tripod and you have to um, make sure that your focus and your settings are all just so and trying to set that up and do it in the dark by yourselves, by yourself. Generally, Bill and I will bring headlamps, flashlights that you strap around your head. And that's very helpful. I did not do that. I whipped down to the beach um, with the golf cart and I had my tripod, my camera and my cell phone, which I used the flashlight on my cell phone to try and set up. And I really, I nailed the sharpness. I nailed the focus. Yep. I just did. did not nail where the comet was. So I, while I was waiting and waiting for more stars to come out and whatnot, I looked up online Um where do you find Neowise in the sky? And um, the information I found said that you look to the Northwest. So I got out my handy little cell phone and opened up the app that has the compass. And I thought that I was pointing Northwest, but I never caught a glimpse of the comet at all. And then I got nervous about 1130 and, and just packed it in and went to bed. So I was really happy when Bill was willing the next day to have a go at it, which meant that he needed to um, come home from work at the bakery and get his work done here at the park and then take a nap so that he could get up and go with me out late at night to take pictures of the night sky before he had to go back to work at the bakery. So uh, an inconvenience for him, but he was willing to do that. So I got to bed about six, got up about nine thirty, and we headed out around ten. Stayed there till about one thirty in the morning. Boy, was it that late? Yeah, and I got a one more hour nap when I got home, and then went to bed. Went back to work at three. So while Bill was napping, I should have been getting the cameras up and at them, and. If you really want to do great night photography, it does take some prep work ahead of time. And uh, what you should do 
is set your camera up and focus on an infinity point in the daylight. So focus on something quite far away. And when you get that into sharp focus, turn your camera lens off of autofocus and then use some gaffer's tape or some, you know, easy release tape like painter's tape to um, tape on your lens so that your lens doesn't accidentally move out of the focus point that you have it on. Yeah, it doesn't take much to bump it and then it's just never quite right and you'll be nothing but disappointed. Yes, nothing but disappointed is for sure. So I should have been doing that ahead of time. I I didn't. I was, um, I don't know what I was watching TV. I was messing around. I I don't know what I was doing, but I should have been getting ready. So when Bill got up, we everything was perfect. So Bill got up, we got ready, and we had two locations in mind that we wanted to try. One was on the shoreline of Lake Michigan at a um, rest stop, it's a roadside little, park. It's a little roadside park on US 31 um, between Petoskey and Charlevoix. And then on the way back home, we would swing by the Lavender Hill Farm and try and take some night sky pictures there with their barn silhouetted in the in the picture and whatnot so off we went to lake michigan and we got our cameras out of the car and set them up and started taking pictures and the results were bill you can click to the next picture blah yeah <laughs> for those you can't see this picture is just fuzzy barely silhouette of might be a tree in the foreground and a whole lot of blah. It's the colors are pretty. It's a pretty <laughs> blah, but still a blah. This is a blue sky with a little orange sunset on the horizon. And, and it's, it is water in the foreground, but this picture is so blurry and out of focus that you wouldn't even be able to tell what it was a picture of. No. So there we are in the dark. It was, I mean, there was still a little bit of glow from the sunlight, but sunset, but not enough to see what we were doing with our cameras. Yeah. In the far west, it was, the sunset had obviously set for half an hour, 45 minutes, but there was still a glow, like you say. So there we were and had to fumble around in the dark using flashlights and, and whatnot to try and get good focus and um, get our settings to where we wanted them to be. and. Um, that tends to be a buzzkill, right, Bill? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As we're fumbling around, we're going, we got to remember to do this in the daylight. It's a lot easier. I think in the that daylight. the way it was said was in a way that meant you should have had this done. <laughs> I don't think you were you meant to be mean to me or anything, but you were absolutely right. I should have had that all worked out before we went. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't blaming you because we've done this before where we went out and went, why didn't we do this before? Yeah. Because trying to get sharp focus when you're in the pitch black is just so hard. And what we ended up doing, and I'm glad that Bill's a good sport, is Bill would walk way down to the far end of the roadside park and flip on his headlamp. So I had a sharp um, point of light to focus on. And so he would stand there until I got the camera or cameras. We had two cameras with us in focus. And then I'd holler at him to come back. And um, and then we'd have the camera in focus. So if we move to the next picture. That's a little better. 
here's a picture um, taken after we got the camera fairly, fairly into fairly good focus. Um, I didn't see the comet right off the bat. Yeah, I was saying there it is right in front of you. And you just couldn't I, focus I, on it. You don't have as far a good as distance vision as I do. That so. I mean, that is the truth. As I've gotten a little bit older, I now wear glasses for long distance viewing when I'm driving and that kind of thing. Um, plus, um, if you're going to take pictures outside, you have to let your eyes adjust to the darkness. Right. I, I believe this is called the per Perkinsey. Um, the Perkinsey theory or look it up, but it has something to do with the cones in your eyes and, and how many colors your eyes can see and yada, yada. But, um, and it takes a good, like 30 minutes really for your eyes to adjust to, to darkness so that you can see anything. And because we were struggling with getting the cameras all set up, I was in and out of the car. I was turning on the dome light in the car off and on and, Couple that with my long distance vision not being as good as it used to be. Um, I st stood up out of the car and Bill said, I see it. I see the comet. Look, look, look right there. And I couldn't see a thing. I saw nothing. So this picture, for those who may not be able to see it, is, um, is actually at the site where we were at Lake Michigan. And um, the, the, in the foreground, the, the water on the lake uh, is pretty flat. Um, as we found later on in the evening in the foreground also, there's a little bit of fog on the water. And that, uh, as the night went on, actually got a lot worse and made it so that when we actually gave up on this space, um, the fog lifted or it rose enough that you couldn't see the comet anymore. But when we were first um, spotting it, it was just kind of a cool part of the contrast of the picture. Yeah, so many things. It was a beautiful, clear night. And uh, there's just lots of little elements that you don't think about that are going to affect your picture. And whereas the night I was down on the shoreline by myself, it was actually pretty cool. Even I would say I felt kind of cold down on the beach. It was um, 58, 60 degrees. Um, and the water... So the water temperature and the air temperature were closer together. and It wasn't foggy. It was very clear. But last night, the air was a lot warmer, at least to begin with. And the contrast with Lake Michigan being cold, it created this fog, which made it, again, hard to focus and get nice, sharp pictures. But this first picture here is not bad. No, nope. it's not bad. It was taken with a wide angle lens. So you get a nice wide expanse of the lake and the sky. And the comet, kind of little in this picture, but it definitely stands out. And what is surprising about this to me is that at this point, anyway, I couldn't see the comet with my naked eye. Bill could see it, but I couldn't. And yet the camera really picks it up. So um, the camera actually sees more than your eyes see. Quite often, the camera will pick up northern lights if they happen to be in the atmosphere that you just don't see with your naked eye. Um, so that's always a bonus when you happen to come across some northern lights that you don't typically see all that much. Which brings us actually to our next picture. 
because as we um, as we carried on taking pictures and we moved around a little bit, hey, what about that weird family that when we first got to the roadside park, what was that all about? Oh, it was like the circus head park there or something. <laughs> Winnie and I pull into this roadside park and it's just, a, there's two driveways. It's just a loop that goes through. Uh, and it's like a one lane road. There's a little parking lot on one end of it. I think they really, you they want you to enter at one side and exit at the other side. Right. Even. Yeah. Right. So we pull in and there's a truck in the middle of the road. Pull off the one side a little bit. But they it was like a, it ended up being a truck with a, a camper. Um, like a, almost like a converted horse trailer. Yeah, it was kind of a crazy contraption. But these people, they had like a gangplank hanging off the side of the truck. And they were coming from the beach, running up this plank onto the I think they were loading up all their stuff from the day. As it turned out to be, they were loading up their stuff to, we thought they were camping there for the night. Because there was actually, you could see a TV playing inside of there. And we thought they were just going to stay there all night. But um I kind of wonder if we hadn't showed up and there was a couple other vehicles that also showed up to look at the sky. They might have been camping there. They might have camped there. It's not you're not but, supposed to camp there, but right. they might. But there was a lot of there was a lot of people in and out. They, it was. Oh, there had to been 10 people. In it that was thing. crazy. They just kept coming and coming. Weird. Yep. So um, after they left, because they they for whatever reason, there was a lot of lights coming out of that vehicle that were. Not advantageous to taking night photography. But um, so we moved a little further down in the roadside park after there was the big truck left and uh, took a few more pictures. And like Bill was just talking about, noticed in the camera that northern lights were starting to happen. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It's like, is that what I think it is? Right. And then, you know, then you start to pay a little closer attention to the sky. And sure enough, Northern lights were starting to appear and they were um, pretty good green streak. And it was shooting spires of purple into the sky, right? Right through the trail of the comet. Right through the comet. Um, so the this next picture that we're looking at is a picture of the comet with um, a, still a little glow from the sunset happening. You can see a little bit of the green starting and you can see the purple columns of Aurora shooting up. Um, you can also tell from in the bottom of this picture where the water is that it was the fog was starting to set in too. Yeah, it was definitely creeping up. And you could feel it. It felt like when you were standing outside, it felt damp like that heavy dew already. Yeah, I was actually wearing a pair of shorts and a jacket. Um, and the jacket felt heavy all of a sudden. It felt like it was getting wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. But it was, it felt good to be outside, didn't it? Like oh, it was definitely. not uncomfortable. I mean, it was, no, it was not an uncomfortable night at all. It was just, the humidity was gone. Yeah. Uh, and it was just a great night to be outside. So in this picture, it was getting darker. And so the comet was standing out in the sky better. And at this point in time, I could clearly see it with, my eyes alone. So it was pretty exciting. Yes. Um, for those of you who are interested in um, camera settings for taking pictures of 
um, the Northern Lights or a comet or just the night sky or the Milky Way, um, what you need to do is we've already talked about setting your focus ahead of time and taping that down so your your lens doesn't move. Um, and you want to open your sh- your shutter um, wide open, pretty wide open. So that's your f-stop. You want to, you know, open that up to uh, four or five point six, or even experiment with a little bit wider opening. What's weird about f-stops is the lower the number, the bigger the shutter opening will be. Um, and then you want to shoot your um, ISO. Um, any of you people who, like me, started out in film cameras, your ISO would have been what your film sensitivity was. You used to buy film based on what you thought you were going to shoot. So if you were shooting in a nice sunny day, you would buy 100 speed film. If you were going to shoot at night, you would um, you would buy something that was, um, boy, I don't remember the numbers now, but probably 800, in, 800 or higher um, on your DSL, our digital cameras or your mirrorless cameras, your ISO number. Um, if you're going to shoot when you don't have much light, you want to go to a higher number. So we were somewhere between 2000. We shot it up to 3200 for a little while, but that creates a lot of graininess to your picture. So we try not to go that high. And then most importantly, you need to... Um, stop your shutter speed down to a slower um, shutter speed so that your um, your camera will be open for taking the picture longer, not just a quick click. It'll open up the um, shutter for whatever time you set it to be. We were playing around between 15 seconds and 30 seconds at times. If you go all the way to 30 seconds, the stars in your camera, the stars rather in your picture will have a little bit of trail from the movement of the earth. Um, so if you can do less than 30, it's a little more desirable. So those are the settings that you need to pay attention to playing around with to get good night pictures. I'm, I'm not sure if I've explained that really clearly. What do you think, Bill? No, I think that people should understand that. I know that. If at- they don't, they can listen to it twice. And, you know, I think down the road, we should do a podcast about just some basic photography tips. A lot of people have um, good cameras that have manual settings that they are either afraid to ever try um, to use or they have no idea how to use a manual setting. But if we had gone out and tried to take pictures of the comet in auto, the camera would have freaked out. It would have never worked. (laughs) Would it wouldn't not know have, what to focus on. It wouldn't, it just doesn't work in auto. That's yeah. You've got to override those, um, an auto setting. It's going to try to go to the medium of every setting and, and, you know, it just, it, like Bill said, it just wouldn't have worked. Medium gets you blah. Yeah. Blah or nothing at all. Or nothing at all. Sometimes so, it just gets you black. Yep. Yeah, there are some occasions where you just have to know what settings to set your camera on and, um, but it's fun to play around with that. Really is. Yeah, you know, in digital, the thing is, we used to always, you always used the old joke when we shot film was, well, let's go burn a lot of film, and you were always hesitant to. Uh, to yeah, you take had a, a roll lot of, of film in your camera that allowed you twenty four shots, so yeah. don't waste them. So don't waste them. But with digital, just take a picture. If you don't like it, get rid of it. And start all over again. There's nothing to hurt. Yeah, that's the truth. As a matter of fact, when we changed locations from the Lake Michigan shoreline to the Lavender Hill farm, 
um, the camera Bill was using must have gotten um, knocked a little bit or touched a little bit in the wrong way. And um, one of his settings was off when he first got there and and he wasn't getting any picture at all. And the problem was the shutter speed had gotten changed and the shutter wasn't staying open long enough to allow any light to reach the camera. And so once we adjusted that back to a long enough shutter speed, he was in business again. So those things can happen, but if you know what you're doing, you know how to fix it up, move on. Yeah. Other things happen when you're taking pictures that are out of your control. Um, we talked about the the crazy camper family that was there. And because this comet is has made the news, um, there are a lot of people out there who are either just trying to get a, a glimpse of it or also doing what we were doing, which is trying to take a photograph of it. So as we were at the roadside park, there were other vehicles that were pulling in and then pulling out and um, headlights can interfere with your picture. And at one point, Somebody pulled in with their bright lights on and I thought, oh, crap, my camera was busy taking a 30 second exposure picture and there was no way to get away from the fact that those headlights were lighting up part of my picture in a way that I had not intended. So um, are you at this picture, Bill, to look yeah, at this next picture explains exactly what Winnie's talking about um, in the foreground of this picture is a pine tree that got all lit up by the people's headlamps. And actually it turned out to make it a really cool picture. In the end, um, it didn't turn out too bad. unintentional, but it really, because the, the thing that I was sitting there going, no, 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 turn those lights off because there's great Northern lights too. But it all worked together. Yeah. And it really did not interfere with the comet or the Northern lights. You can still see those plainly in the picture, yep. but the car uh, headlights just lit up that pine tree in a way that just kind of gave it all perspective, maybe I would right. say. And you can also see um, a reflection in the water from the tree. Um, but notice how that tree is in the water. The lakes are so yeah. high this year, right, Bill? That tree two years ago was, you could walk out. There was like a little island that you could a little walk spit out of land <laughs> onto that. And that's probably a hundred yards offshore. And it is... At least two feet of that tree is underwater. Now. Yeah. Yeah. The water is yep. high this year. Yep. So sometimes you get happy little accidents and uh, don't just delete those out of your camera right away while you're still in the field. It's always a good idea to come home and put your pictures up on your computer and have a look because sometimes what you think was a failed picture turns out to be a very interesting picture and something that you might really like. Right. The other thing in this picture um, that you've, you, for those of you who can see the pictures, um, in the comic streaking through the, as we talked a little earlier about the fog starting to come in, there was a little bit of cloud bank in the north last night, and that was starting to creep in and partially covering up the comet. But the comet almost looks like it's shooting right through the clouds there too. So yeah. that was kind of a cool aspect as well you know when i was a kid i thought that if you saw a comet it was like a moment in time that they streak across the sky really fast like a shooting star and that would be that but that's not really how you view comets they are they are in the sky they are moving and we are moving so there is some movement to it but they hang around for a little while right um 
And so it gives you, it gives you this opportunity. It's not just like they're streaking across the sky. And if you're not there, you're going to miss it. Yeah. I always thought it was just a big falling star that was a little longer flash. So you'd see it a little better, but yeah, it's a, it's typically you can see it for quite a long time. This, um, um this comet can't comet. What's it called, Bill? Neowise. And what did you tell me it was called last night? Uh, Neosporin. <laughs> I'm probably going to want to call it Neosporin forever. Yeah, it won't <laughs> help you with an infection, but. <laughs> but it was infectious. Yeah. Taking this picture was definitely infectious. This comet has a really sharp, do you call it, would you call it the head of the comet? I'm not sure. I'm not a scientist, yeah, I don't so know I don't what know you would what. Call it. Maybe the, uh, let's call it the head. Because the tail's going the other way. Okay, so. so the head is really sharp and bright. And the tail is really long and flares out. But if you look closely at this picture, and if you find other pictures that other people have posted too, some people have much better pictures than ours, it actually has kind of a double tail. Do you see that, Bill? Yeah, there's almost a light and a dark side to there's it. There's a, a kind of a bright, wider tail and then another little... A little finer one. A little finer one. I, I People online have talked about that, that it's almost a double tail. That's pretty cool. Two tails are better than one. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I had to say it. So the fog started to roll in a little more. So we decided to uh, pack in and, and move on down the road a little while, ways. So let's go on to the next picture. So the next picture shows... Um, Bill standing in front of his camera and tripod. Um, now we are at the Lavender Hill Farm. And I'm just going to um, say that I had contacted Lavender Hill Farm earlier that day to um, let them know that we were hoping to take pictures there that night and sort of give them the heads up and get permission to do that. So um, should you want to shoot photography at Lavender Hill Farm, and this is true even during the day, they have a form they like you to fill out and leave with them, uh, which I've done um, and they have on file. But um, it's, you know, remember that it is private property. And so you, you need to get permission to do that. So we had pulled into their large parking lot, which is past the farm and um, near their big pole barn where they dry their lavender, which we've talked about before. But it's a good flat level area with, um, you know, not a lot of tripping hazards. And uh, in the dark, you want to make sure you know where, where you're setting up and where you're walking around. Um, so Bill has, is standing in front of his camera and tripod. Um, I went behind him. And um, because you, when you're taking night photographs, you have to have a long shutter speed. If Bill were to have moved during the picture at all, he'd be blurry. So I had to ask ask him. Freeze I probably I probably frame. more what freeze frame freeze frame. I probably more like told you don't move. <laughs> and um, the way that I was able to get it so that he wasn't just a silhouette in the picture was that I I pressed the shutter on my camera, and the shutter opened and started to record the picture. And for a split second during that time, I 
swept the area that Bill was standing in with a flashlight and it lit him up just for a split second. That's all it needed. And that lit him up in the picture. And you can see the grass on the ground in the foreground is you can see that more in this picture. It's a little more detailed. And um, the stars are out in the sky. The sky is got a little bit of a purple glow to it. Do you think the sky is always purple over Lavender Hill Farm? It must be. I wouldn't know why it I, wouldn't be. I think it is. I Even think, the snow's purple. I think it's always purple at Lavender Hill. All things purple. <laughs> so um, also you can see in this picture, you can see um, one of their outbuildings. It's not, it's not the barn. It's a barn. Um, and there is a row of solar lights um, lighting up a pathway that goes from that big parking lot over to the farm. And it actually has a little dirt bridge in the middle of it that goes over um, a pond. Would you call it a pond? Yeah, it's a little pond, a little wet, marshy area anyways. And um, there's lots of frogs in there. Yeah. And there's some cattails in there. And yeah, there's frogs in there because when we showed up last night and there was no wind last night no the frogs were just croaking and croaking it was kind of cool the bullfrogs were yeah it's just the coolest sound you know the bullfrogs on one side of the pond would make noise and then off in the distance the other frogs would answer them it's just cool standing there listening to that so i like this picture of bill taking use taking his picture a picture of bill taking his picture turned out pretty good if i had a if I had a dollar for every picture we took of each other while taking another picture. <laughs> We'd have about eight bucks. <laughs> no, there'd be more than that, but maybe we wouldn't get rich. Yeah. So let's go to the next picture. Yeah. Go ahead and tell about this picture, Bill. So this next picture is a, uh, is a picture of the Lavender Farm at night. Um, the northern lights had sprung back to life. Um, as you can see in behind the barn, um, they're lighting up the, I would call it the lower part of the skyline. Um, Lavender Farm has, uh, I think it's probably a security light that's on, lights up the silo and stuff at night. So, um, Yeah, we're kind of disappointed to see that at first. There's There are some security lights right there at the farm and so the there's some trees that are quite well lit up. The silo at the barn is quite well lit up. There's a couple of red spots that are probably um, probably exit lights or something. Something, yeah. yeah. But honestly, when I got home and put these up on the computer, I didn't mind the effect at all. No, I kind of like the picture actually. Yeah. It it's uh, there's a lot of stars. Um, there's purple and there's some green from the northern lights where, where that were happening. Actually. I think it was last year we said to ourselves at one point, wouldn't it be cool if you could get uh, Northern Lights at the Lavender Farm? That was the shot that got away. We tried and tried. And then this year we got bonus. We got it out with one we didn't even expect it. So that's always a good surprise. I did not think that we were catching the comet in these pictures because I thought that where the Lavender Hill Farm sits amongst sort of rolling hills. And the comet was so close at Lake Michigan down to the horizon line that I didn't think we would see it. But if you get a chance to look at this picture and look closely, you can see the comet, the head of the comet or the eye of the comet, whatever you prefer to call it, is actually touching the horizon line in this picture. And you can see the tail. 
cattails going up through the green part of the uh, northern lights that right, we were talking right. about. And then up in the left-hand corner, you can clearly see the Big Dipper. Yep. And it, it looks in this picture as though I have enhanced the Big Dipper stars to make them stand out more, but that is exactly how it turned out all by itself. Yeah, it was uh, pretty impressive. The The stars were quite crazy. Actually, when you're this picture in behind us was the Milky Way was pretty brilliant last night yeah, as well. The sky was beautiful. Yeah, it was just a great night to be out. The sky was beautiful. Um, Bill and I have um, a soft spot in our hearts for the Big Dipper. Uh, years ago when we were just dating, I went to school in Iowa and Bill was back here in Michigan. And we always thought that it was kind of a, a cool thing that he could look up at the sky and see the Big Dipper at the same time I could look up in the sky and see the Big Dipper, even though we were hundreds of miles away from each other. And that just kind of started a sappy little thing between the two of us. Yep. Maybe once in a while when we get a chance, we'll say, hey, there's the Big Dipper. There's the Big Dipper. Sometimes that start stops an argument. For <laughs> Is that your technique? Squirrel. Look, <laughs> look the at the Dipper. Big Dipper. I know I'm being a jerk, but look at that big dipper. <laughs> this picture turned out pretty sweet, I think. Um, I wish that the um, comet was a little higher in the sky, but it's, it is kind of cool that it looks like it's crashing into the land. Yeah, yeah. But I love that the barn is just sort of far off, and this one was taken with our wide-angle lens. So you get a lot of sky, and yeah. Yep. Yeah, don't regret buying that lens. It's, it's don't already regret done that some one. Nice I don't regret pictures. any of our photography equipment. So Bill had mentioned that uh, if you turned around opposite of how we were looking when we were looking at the barns that you saw the Milky Way. And our next picture shows the Milky Way. Oh, there it is. And, you know, we've mentioned before that sometimes at the end of the day, Bill and I don't remember who took what picture. And I don't know what we did last night, but we were trying a, a few different lenses and uh, with two different camera bodies and we were kind of in and out of the car, changing lenses on cameras. And when I got home, I realized that I had two different cards for two different cameras that had pictures on them. But somehow we must have, I don't know. We, I don't know who took what pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if this is a Milky Way shot that you took or a Milky Way shot that I took. Um, and again, before we took this, um, I made Bill climb up a hill. Um, far off from me so I could refocus the cameras because they had gotten out of focus again. And um, so then, then we took, we took a few Milky Way shots, but this was one of the nicest ones I think of the bunch. Yeah. You know, when I walked up that hill, I was thinking, boy, the view's even nicer up here. We should come up here with the cameras, but oh, it looks did. like, looks like we did all right. I was getting tired and I really wanted yeah, to go home at this that's point, true. but it, um, you know, Word of advice, sometimes it's a good idea to scout your location during the daytime. It's not a good idea to just go wandering around when it's pitch black. So we were sticking pretty close to the 
parking lot area where we knew that we wouldn't be hurting anything or hurting ourselves. Right. right. So I don't know if you're fascinated with the Milky Way, but I'm always fascinated with the Milky Way. I, I feel like, I don't, what is the Milky Way? I need to do some research. Yeah, I don't know other than it's a big constellation of of uh, stars that... Uh, and is it multiple galaxies as well? Like, is it a... Is it a inside into other galaxies? I I'm not an I'm not a star nerd. I should be. I need to be. Yeah, that I don't know. I don't know if we are in the Earth is part of the Milky Way galaxy or if it's a different galaxy that we're seeing. I have friends, uh, one of them being your cousin David, who is quite interested in the night sky and constellations and black holes and the Milky Way and. He has, he has an app on his phone. Yeah, for all a of that star stuff app on his that. phone where he can hold the his phone up to the sky and it will tell him where the different constellations are and what he's looking for. I believe it even shows when the space station is traveling through. Right. Um, I maybe should get that app, but I guess my hesitation is I'm afraid I won't understand it once I have it. Yeah, that's a lot of what I'd see on smartphones. Is like, okay, that's nice. <laughs> so the Milky Way in this picture, the um, the the ground and the trees on the horizon in this picture are silhouetted, so it's just black. And then the sky opens up and you see lots and lots of stars. The cameras pick up even more stars than you see with your naked eye. And then the Milky Way, and the Milky Way has so much color to it. Right. It's just um, a beautiful thing to look at. And actually, had we had more time... I think if we had have been able to cross the road and stand in the field opposite, you actually could have gotten a picture of the whole arc of the Milky Way. It actually was arced like a rainbow would be. Yeah, it was actually arced over the drying barn last yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really breathtaking. So I'm glad that we took a second to turn around and see what was behind us. Often when you're taking photographs, it's so easy to get so engrossed in what you're looking at that you forget to just take a second and look around in case there's something equally interesting or even more interesting that's um, not in your frame of view. I quite often end up taking pictures that turned out pretty decent. I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? So yeah. Yeah. Don't hesitate to turn around, look behind yeah. you. Be aware. Just be aware of what's what's going on and, and the opportunities that might present themselves to you. So what did you, I asked Bill to look up what, um, some information about Comet Neosporon. Neowise, you mean? <laughs> I mean Neowise. What did you find out about Neowise? Well, I found out that it's not called Neosporin, <laughs> which we earlier, or at I'm least I hard... earlier had thought that it had to be. <laughs> but, I'm going to um, have a hard time getting that out of my mind. Yeah, the Neowise is actually the name of the telescope that was being used by uh, some scientists in uh, um, California. I think you said Caltech. Caltech in California was the spot. Yeah, back in March was the first time they spotted this comet um and it is supposed to continue to rise uh up higher in the sky through this month so actually it's going to be easier to see 
Um, I'm thinking we should go back to the lavender farm maybe sometime next week when a nice starry night and see if we can get it right above the barn like we were hoping. That would to get be sweet. That would be sweet. Our last picture in our series today is a chart that I found on the internet. Um, and it shows a prediction of where you might see Comet Neowise um, over the next mm, week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Um, in the Northern Hemisphere, we are able to see it until like the end of July, maybe just a little bit into August, and then your opportunity is gone. I um, The night that I was down on the beach at Lake Charlevoix by myself, I texted um, our friend, Bill's cousin, David, and I said, are you out looking for the comet? Are you going to photograph the comet? And he dryly texted back and said, nah, I think I'll wait for it next time around, <laughs> which is hilarious because comets don't return frequently. I mean, we might see comets in between times, but the same comet takes 76 to 100 years for it to follow its path. I said, yeah, what are you, Mark Twain or Rip Van Winkle? <laughs> you better hope he's Rip Van Winkle. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was joking, I'm sure. So this is your opportunity for the next few couple weeks. Um, so this chart is very helpful. I'm glad I found it. Um, it says that um, this is their predictions of where you can see the comet about one hour after sunset from July 14th to July 23rd. And it looks like it's just going to be higher in the sky. And a little more towards the Each west. Time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little further to the northwest all the time. Um, uh, and about an hour after dark is when we first spotted it last night. Right, so. right. So, and I'm not sure whether once it gets to its highest point, um, if it'll be less intense to see. Or, you know, where on its path it's going to be the most intense to see. So I would check frequently if you're really interested. I wouldn't let a let this time go to waste. Yeah, one other little thing I did see when I was reading a little bit of information I found was they also are saying an hour or so before light, if you look into the east, northeast, you right. may spot it there as well. Right. But it's a lot more um, prominent at night. But it hasn't been up until this point. Right. Prior to this point, the only time you could see it was those early pre-dawn hours. Right. Um, I never see that time of day. That is not my time of day. I do, but I'm on, I'm usually frying donuts about that time. <laughs> yeah. Or on your way to work. I'm so, already at work at that time. As some people were starting to see it at like three o'clock in the morning. I, All right. That's, a, that's about the time that I get into my good REM sleep and... I, you know, I, I entertained the thought of setting an alarm clock and getting up early and just going down to the shoreline here at the park, but it's always best intentions. <laughs> so I'm looking at the chart and it also says, of course, that you should be looking Northwest. If you're into the sky constellations, it will be running right into Ursa Major. Um. I have no idea what that means. Do you know what that means, Bill? Nope. Not it's really. Constellations. That's one of those things that people go, oh, there's so-and-so's belt buckle. And I'm like, <laughs> what's it doing up there? Orion's belt. Yeah. I don't know who Orion is or why he lost his belt, but. Orion, get, pull your pants up. <laughs> 
So this chart is helpful. Um, I wouldn't mind if you took a screenshot of this and just kept it on your phone if you want a reference point, but that might help in going out and trying to find camp um, comet Neosporon. Neowise. <laughs> so we usually like to end our podcast with the picture that got away. Um, we took a lot of pictures last night. The pictures that got away for me were the ones that were so out of focus. Yeah, that was disappointing because who knows what they would have looked like. Um, we And we had a lot of them that were out of focus. We actually only got a few that were um, decent pictures. Yeah, we took, I don't, I don't know how many pictures, 100 pictures. And of the 100 pictures, maybe six were worthy of, right. of keeping. The other um, thing we're, we're slow to learn, uh, sometimes we're slow to learn things. We really should bring our glasses with us when we go. At night yeah, so I we know. Because when see in the back of the camera, exactly. Or when you're trying to see, yeah, is, it, is that in focus? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. We need to bring. Let our... me go across the parking lot, and then I can tell you whether it's in focus <laughs> or not. Because I forgot my glasses. <laughs> we need to bring our glasses. I think also we should um, we should be creative and think of some new places to go and try and set up and where we. We'll have a view of the comet and some interesting foregrounds. Yeah, a year or so ago, we found we were hunting for different spots that we thought, well, if there's ever Northern Lights, this would be a cool spot. And there was this cool little barn over by Norwood that we thought, next time, we're going to go set up by the barn and we'll have the Northern Lights behind the barn. And then this summer, we went down to Norwood. Somebody tore the barn down. The barn so is that's gone. That's off the list. We got <laughs> I guess that's the picture that got away. That's the one that got away. Yeah. <laughs> that's just like this weekend when we went to buy a, a deli sandwich and the one that we had chosen as we were ready to order, somebody from the back came out with a chalkboard eraser and erased it off. Put that eraser down. <laughs> we haven't ordered yet. Just like that. Disappeared in front of our eyes. God. <laughs> Yeah, so pay attention. Probably in the next uh, couple of weeks, we'll post more pictures, of, hopefully with some interesting um, settings. Um, but also, just do a quick search on on online Google Images, and because lots of people are getting out there and taking pictures in lots of different areas of the country. I think I saw um, a photo of the comet with the Teton Mountains. Wouldn't that be sweet? Yeah, so um, I didn't look at it very close but there's one over stonehenge yesterday as no well. way how sweet is that so it's everywhere yeah so get outside and take a look T get outside you might want to wear your shorts and a winter jacket though yeah it worked out <laughs> good for me well thank you for joining us for this um extra special comet edition of winnie and bill chat yeah, thanks. Thanks for checking in. And we're happy to be able to share our little bit of excitement with you today. Also, um, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast, wherever you listen, uh, whether it's Anchor or Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen. Uh, that way you won't ever miss an episode. Yeah. And just remember, if you scrape your knee, Neosporin works pretty good for taking care of the infection. Better than Neowise. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Thanks. <laughs>